This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Deanna, we want to welcome uh, our listeners to The Analysis and to this week's podcast. Um, a word that we hear fairly often in our world today uh, that comes sometimes out of a political realm, sometimes it comes out of sociological thinking and talking, or even sometimes in terms of financing, market, business, is globalization. Uh, and uh, even just in our everyday talking and conversations, we talk about how the world's getting smaller. Um, we have we have access to parts of the world, images from parts of the world that we've never had before, and uh, there is this sense that uh, wow, we we can be global, and and yet there's a, a fear of that because a lot of the conversations from the secular world about globalization uh, is, is an idea of how to control and constrain. And as a Christian, you begin to go, do I want other parts of the world dictating how we live our Christian life in America? So there's a mentality, how do you keep the world out? How do you, how do you protect and stay away from this move? Globalization sounds scary sometimes. And so uh, we just wanted to talk about some of those concepts of globalization and what it means to live in a world that is increasingly at our fingertips. When I think about globalization, I think about, like you, the idea that we enjoy America and we want to keep some of those American ideas. But then I also think about some of the new things that I get to enjoy. For example, the other day I was scrolling on a feed and I noticed that one of my friends is in Israel. Mm. And I thought, wow, this phone has really made us global, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, I almost feel like I'm on the trip with him, and I'm looking at pictures and experiencing things that I, I have not experienced yet in this life. Yeah. And I think, wow, how great that is. Mm-hmm. How great is it that when I go on a mission trip and I have a phone over there that brings us all together i can send back pictures to parents and i can talk about different things that are happening by taking pictures so those kinds of things it seems like we're definitely more okay with right yeah Yeah. but i also think about this idea of jesus being the king of the world right Mm -hmm. and it being global yeah and i i want it to be every nation, tongue, and tribe yeah. together as as one under the rule of Jesus. But we're not there yet. And so yeah. what do we do in the meantime kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. It's part of that already not yet aspect of being a believer. Um, I, I think that's a, a good thing to bring out. Um, God has had a global mindset from the very beginning because when the scripture opens, God created the heavens and the earth. And Genesis 1 unfolds with the making of the entire earth, uh, not just a spot on the earth where he planted 
two people, right? He made the he made the whole earth and and then gave a command to those two people: be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth. Uh, and and we understand by having the big picture, not just fill the earth with more human beings, but with his glory, fill the earth with his glory by bearing his image, procreating more image bearers uh, who will honor him, worship him, serve him. And of course, we know with the fall that got broken and, and it didn't change what he was going to do because he knew this was going to occur. But from our human perspective, it changed the process of his glory filling the earth. But it didn't stop the plan. He's still moving forward with a global idea. Yeah, and you see this also played out when we're around our churches and you hear people talk about different people groups in different areas, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about Acts and how Jesus is sending out his people to reveal his glory, right? Go out and make disciples. So you see this consistent message of God desiring for people to know him so that they can enjoy his presence, enjoy his joy, and love one another here on the earth. And I think that it's such a beautiful picture and we get all excited really in the churches about sending people out and and doing missions and learning new languages. So I think there's some things there that are incredibly valuable in the church regarding thinking about the world globally. Yeah. There's a, a necessity to kind of force the thinking of that because you said it in the beginning. We, we almost immediately tend to go, this is what I like and this is what I enjoy and this is what I have and I, I draw in. And so we, we have to press ourselves to keep thinking outwardly and not be afraid of what is going on in the world and not just the dangers of living in the world, but kind of the mentality of the world system. Mm-hmm. So we know that really when the scripture talks about the world it's not talking about a physical place as much as it's talking about the system of the world and and we know that the enemy has control of that system under god's providence at this time and and those ideologies are fearful to us uh today i saw a a school touring one of our public facilities in oklahoma that uh was from a different religion than Christianity and made up of people that did not originate in America. Mm-hmm. And you see that and, and uh, you go, oh, the world's coming after us and they're going to rob our ideologies. They're going to steal our way of life and our thinking. And, and we can begin to pull in and mm-hmm. get fearful rather than continue to think that, wait a minute, God's church is going to be global. He started with a global idea in the garden. He commanded it to go forth. He pushed it through even his people, Israel, when he when he took one nation out of all the earth and said, you're going to be mine. It still had a an outward thrust. You're going to be a blessing to all the nations. Mm-hmm. So it still had an outward thrust. And, and we have to kind of force that idea. We have to force that thinking in our heart and mind to keep going. The church is going to be every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. So... 
I can't let the fear of the world creeping in on me keep me from going out to the world that may be as close as my neighborhood. Yeah, and it's interesting because when you think about the idea of being fearful of some of the things happening and wanting to resist the idea of globalization, which I'm not saying we shouldn't, we should want to endorse good ideas. And if that means that we resist some of those things, and that's okay, that we should do that. But what I find interesting is that we're really not any different from any other time period as Mm -hmm. far as nations wanting to be global. Like when you think about ancient history and God set Israel, like you were saying, in the midst of the nations, what was happening? Well, Assyria was coming along and they were saying, you know, well, we want all this land. Now, God used Assyria to discipline Israel. So even in the midst of their desire to want the land, he was using that. And then what happens next? The Babylonians come along and they say, no, we want the land. You're out, we're in. And then you got the Persians and they come, you're out, we're in. And you you move all the way up the Greeks, the Romans, and then you got this huge Roman Empire, something more magnificent. And they think resilient and strong and people cannot come in and conquer them in any way, shape or form, but yet they fall. And you see this time and time again throughout history that people want to globally take over these lands. And God continues, it seems, to put people in places so that they can reflect his glory and bring good for the society. And, you know, one of the things you you, talking about this idea of fear, I was talking to someone recently and they said, well, you know, my kids are in fear of having kids because the world is just so bad and we can just, you know, maybe we're not even going to have America. And, and they have these thoughts, but then you look at you know, like Jeremiah 29. I know you're thinking, oh, Jeremiah 29, 11. No, it's not what I'm thinking. <laughs> Read farther in the chapter where it says, you know, you're going to go into exile, but still have kids, still, you know, make houses, still do good things for society. And when we live that way, then the people are affected around us. Even if they don't become believers, they see those good traits of God and they want to take them on and share them with communities around them, which only makes the communities around us better because of who God is in Christians. Yeah. Um, Because we're dealing with two kingdoms. When we're talking about globalization from the world's perspective, they're thinking about a kingdom that is on this earth. Mm -hmm. It's going to last for a period of time. Um, if, if you're thinking globalization from a national perspective, you're hoping your nation is able to take over enough of the globe, the world, and that kingdom, your little kingdom will keep growing and spreading and last through decades or maybe centuries of time. But we're talking not about how can a nation conquer more land and mm-hmm. get its dynasty to continue we know we're dealing with, from a spiritual perspective, a kingdom that is going to last forever. It started in eternity past, mm-hmm. and it's going to go into eternity future, and God's in charge of the kingdom. Jesus is the king of the world and the universe. He's going to rule and reign. It, it's already begun, 
but we're, we're living in the middle of both of those kingdoms overlapping. And so we kind of move back and forth between the kingdoms. And there's sometimes my thinking and mind is fearful because I'm thinking about what's going on in my world and what's going to get robbed and stolen from me. And, and I can project that out onto the people that God wants me to bring into the other kingdom. Mm-hmm. Right, He wants me to go find the aliens and strangers here and get them a citizenship in the, in the, in the heavenly kingdom. And so bring them the gospel and, and get them now in, for this period of time, both kingdoms. Uh, but you have, to, you have to work at that. You have to, you have to process that every day and, and think, okay, Globalism from God's perspective is a move of the mission of God. It's the spreading of the gospel. I, I say it's the spread of the fame of his name to the ends of the earth. So he wants us to be doing that. And maybe nobody else struggles with this. I have to remind myself I exist in two kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And it, when I'm going to think about the global reach, I've got to get in his kingdom because I'm not in favor of all the globalization that happens in the world. It's not mm-hmm. always good for everybody. Right. There's some good economics with some of it. There's some bad economics with some of it. I, I don't I don't want Russia getting any more land and power than mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. on this earth. But I want Russians to go to heaven. Yes. And yes. so thinking that way uh, about the what does God want me to do in terms of viewing the world and the spread of the gospel from his perspective? How does he see the nations versus how do I see with my temporal eyes the nations? And one of the really good things that we can do to be able to move forward, that idea is to be able to go to church every week, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to be with the nations worshiping together in our church to be able to communicate and and find out how we can pray for missions find out how we can send people on mission and when we start getting involved i think with learning about other nations and their need for jesus then i do think that like you're saying here it can develop in us and cultivate in us an ability to not be so single focused, but to have God's view of the nations. Mm -hmm. And that is that we would all be in the kingdom of God. And that means a sharing of the gospel. Yeah. And we can do that. I think through our phones, we can do Mm -hmm. that through some of these global ideas that we do share, even though we don't, share necessarily global in our nations and it can be a forwarding of the gospel yeah um i've done premarital counseling for couples that want to be married that are living in two different continents you know because of the technology we've done pastoral training by going to countries and doing it live we've done it by uh somebody being here and training via video Mm -hmm. um and connecting that that country's pastors with training that's available from where we are. Uh, we, we support missionaries that translate materials that can go to other countries and uh, spread the gospel and train church leaders. Um, we, we know that um, we have contact with 
ministries that serve persecuted countries where supposedly the gospel's closed, but mm-hmm. it's not really closed. It's spreading in those countries. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's spreading under threat. It's, those people are in danger of their lives oftentimes because of their acceptance of Christ, but the gospel's spreading nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we know we have those connecting points and can see that happening. And that's what God's doing. God's moving. And sometimes we see the lack of the progress of the church in America. Mm-hmm. And we begin to think, not that God's getting defeated, but the church is in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't think about, but in Iraq, the church is thriving. In China, the church is growing. You know, in Ukraine, there's been tremendous opportunity for the gospel. And in places like Poland, where Ukrainians have fled, there's been tremendous opportunity for the gospel. Like you pointed out, even though Assyria was used in a negative way, God was doing a different thing. You mm-hmm. know, even though nations are sometimes have their own agenda, God can be using it for for His good and the spread of His His gospel and His church. And and we have access because of our devices, our phones, our computers, our telephones, our TVs, I mean, to see this stuff and to be encouraged rather than be fearful. Those same machines bring us bad news, mm-hmm. but they're also access to great news of what's going on in the church and our personal opportunity to be involved. Yeah, and and I just want to say one more thing on this, and that is we, we since we have brought up some of the things in the Old Testament, and that is that we always think about God and the nations in Revelation, mm-hmm. but you know, God was dealing with all the nations throughout the Old Testament. And so you can see he has a heart for people. He yeah. wants them to follow him. Yeah. He wants them to bear his witness because he loves them. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing in the Old Testament that may get missed a little Mm -hmm. bit sometimes because there were evil things going on and he did bring judgment on nations, but he also brought judgment on Israel. Right. And that was because they were doing things that were not pleasing. You know, we were hurting one another and harming one another. And when those things happen, he brings justice to that. And that's a very, very good thing. But he loves the nations. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Revelation is a consummation of the plan, right? It's not things were going, things were going, and he finally fixes it in Revelation. It's a consummation of of a divine plan that's been from the beginning. So as he, I, I, I love thinking about the fact that here is Abraham and he says, you're going you're gonna to be a blessing to all nations and shows him the stars. And he does it again and shows him the sand of the sea. And how does this one man, Abraham, who's drawn out of a pagan land, become a blessing to all the nations? And why is God even caring about that? You know, because it's always been the plan. It's always been the plan. And then it's Israel, you do that. You're not doing that. And so he he puts them in the midst of nations when he takes them to the promised land, right? He puts them in the midst of the pagan lands and they're supposed to have an influence. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. He uses pagan nations to to punish them, oftentimes bringing them into exile in those pagan nations. And what do you see? You pe- see people like Daniel, mm-hmm. who is in a pagan nation, 
And then you have wise men that come from the nation where Daniel was to be at the at the place where Jesus is in his infancy, right? It just it blows your mind. God has been about moving in the nations all along. And when we get in the heart of God, we'll have a heart for the nations as well. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I like to remind people, don't focus your attention on missions. Focus your attention on God. If you look at him, he's looking at the nations. And so focus your attention on him. And you'll, you'll, you'll desire what he desires. You'll want what he wants. And you'll work where he plants you. And then and your your attitude is just to be willing wherever. And um, so Revelation then, this verse that we always quote in Revelation 5, every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, it's just a result. Even even the preaching at, at Pentecost, what is what happens there? The miracle of tongues is Peter preaches in his own language, but there's people from many different language language groups <laughs> language groups that's the way I'm going to say it I, I was reaching for another word that are hearing him in their own tongue yeah what's God doing with that he's taking the gospel into places that the apostles with their own natural abilities couldn't have immediately gone mm-hmm. and the gospel spreads really rapidly suddenly from a Jewish preacher in Jerusalem to nations <laughs> So just, uh, it's a great reminder for us, I think. And so, Deanne, I appreciate the conversation. I hope we encourage others to pray for the move of God upon this earth. We know that Jesus tells us in Mark's gospel that the gospel will reclaim to the ends of the earth, and then the Son of Man will come. So we have a task uh, that moves us towards the end of the age. Thanks for listening.